Thanks for listening. This is episode 122 of the 200 Churches Podcast. If we're going to have a small ego, if we're going to walk in humility, we're going to accept the fact that we will be misunderstood. doesn't mean that we're not going to try to learn how to limit the amount of time times uh, we are misunderstood, but we don't get all mad at the person who has misunderstood us. We, we don't get all ego puffed up saying, I could not have communicated things any clearer, you know. We come into it humble. We accept that part of our job, because we talk so much and we're in a talking profession, that greatly um, increases the likelihood that we're going to be misunderstood. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a fresh episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who, like you, serve in the trenches of small church ministry, the Amber Crombie and Fitch of ministry podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. I'm Johnny Craig, and I'm up here in the studio with Jeff Katie. With Jeff We are Katie. in the luxurious and opulent 200 Churches studio. It's the gold-plated walls that really make it so opulent. Hey, we have we have boom arms for our microphones. I'm not going to lie. Once upon a time, we would record these podcasts, my arms would get so tired. My arms would get so tired from holding the microphone. Nowadays, it's just this thing holds it for me. Yeah, this is like professional studio quality equipment we have up here. That's exactly right. That's why, it's not, that's why in your earbuds right now, we sound so crystal clear. Thanks, Jeff, they for giving talk, us great sound. They talk about the personalness of podcasting. How if you've got your earbuds in and yeah. you're, you know, you're like you're laying down and trying to fall asleep. But you know, ours is a good podcast to sleep by. You know, is that boring? Uh, well, you know, you, you chuckle at the beginning, and then about five minutes later, you're snoozing <laughs> and losing. If you are listening to this to go to sleep, I just want to say that it's been a really good time talking to you today. And I hope that you enjoy La La Land as you strift off. Hey, this is funny. I had a procedure whereby I was put out. Okay. Okay, okay, well, that's all we're going to say. But the guy was standing next to me. I had the IV in my arm. He was holding the syringe, and he had it stuck into a port in my IV tube. Right, And it was all there, and it's this white stuff. It's called propofol. And he had his thumb poised on the syringe. And he started to push it in, and he said, he said to me, he said, hey. And I looked up at him. I said, yeah. He looked at me, and he said, pick out a good dream. And my eyes started getting wavy, <laughs> and, and that's all I remembered after that. that I love that. <laughs> that was, I like, I'm a pastor, right, so I can't get high, and I, I've never, actually, I could get drunk, I suppose, but. I've never gotten drunk. Okay. And so that's like the next best thing, though. I actually have to have... knocked out by propofol? Yeah, I have to have these uh, disgusting procedures in order just to get knocked out by propofol and pick out a good dream. I think think that's what Michael Jackson was doing. You know... Is this too real? We're not going to get into that. But I don't know how... Okay, we talked about the personalness of podcasting. And then I started to do a thing where I was trying to put the person to sleep. This is real... Okay. I'm not even going to get... I just saw a cartoon in Leadership Journal the other day Yeah, about the dog chasing the rabbit out the window. Some of you have seen it, and now you're laughing because it was actually a dog church, and the dogs were all in the pews, Oh, and the pastor was chasing a rabbit Gotcha. <laughs> during the sermon. We would never do that. No, no, no. Not like, you and I. Yeah, at, least, at least we're not you know, dogs or something. <laughs> Today on the podcast, wow. we are talking to our good friend, David <laughs> Jacobs. 
Dave the Animal Jacobs. I just feel like you give everybody the same nickname. Okay, we'll change him. We'll call him Dave the Mammal Jacobs. <laughs> All right, I'm fine with Did that. Did you know sharks aren't are not I, animals? I, I, <laughs> I'm not going down this road. No, with you. no, no. I'm not going no. down. So Dave, Dave the Dave, what did we call him? How about him? Dave the Manimal? Manimal. That's kind of funny. Dave the Manimal Jacobs. Yeah. He's, I don't know. That's that's. I call him my warm fuzzy blanket. Yeah, but he, that's just me. You know, Dave. Dave has been coaching me for a year now. Are you better? I I am actually better. There you go. I mean, I don't know if I want to if I want to credit Dave. That's high praise. No, it's me. You're welcome. Oh, it's you. Okay. I read a book called Leading Up, and it's really revolutionized our relationship. The 360 Leader by John <laughs> Maxwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably gave it to you. So no no I actually have been so so I would call Dave my friend. Absolutely. You, you talked about the warm fuzzy blanket. Yeah. Dave and I have now spent hours and hours on the phone over the last year. I remember one particular time when I was in a bad way, just psychologically. I was. Uh, it's a long story. Yeah. But I was in a bad way, and I just called Dave, and he and I talked for probably twenty thirty minutes, and he just helped me through a bump a wrinkle a He's bump like in a the road spiritual chiropractor yeah it was good it was good so if you are looking for a a pastoral coach somebody who will coach you in your ministry uh or coach you in your preaching or help you and your board maybe even come alongside your board and coach them yeah uh, or, and, or help you coach them hey dave's your guy at smallchurchpastor.com dave's the best Today we're going to be talking about. Um, I don't really. Well, I don't it's really like understand communication, the, not being misunderstood. Not, I don't really understand that topic, though. Yeah, it was confusing. I after we walked away, I wasn't sure what we had actually talked about. I don't think Dave understood what we were saying. I felt like maybe our signals got crossed. So Dave is going to say <laughs> we're going to talk about how to be less misunderstood as Basically, a pastor. Yeah. Yeah, because as pastors, we get misunderstood a lot. We're, we're going to talk about why it happens. You this know, what is happens advice when it happens. I need to take. I, I always assume I'm 100% understood. It's terrible. Yeah, it is. It's terrible. Pastor, you know this. You, you know. I, 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 bet, I bet the women pastors, I bet they don't have as much problem as us guys. You think so? I think that they're, I think they're better. They're probably better understood but I could be wrong. I, I, if you have an answer to that question, please email us at yoursexistcomplaints at 200churches.com. Oh That's where all of Jeff's uh, sexist complaints end up going. Uh, here, <laughs> here is our conversation with Dave Jacobs. Dave Jacobs, thank you for joining us on, for another episode of the podcast. Happy to be here. This is fun. We like your new microphone too, Dave. Your voice sounds so smooth and sultry. It's like having Barry White on the podcast. <laughs> oh, baby! <laughs> now I'm over here don't, saying, "Don't who's get me Bar started, okay? Don't get me started. I'll get us all in trouble." Oh no! Who's Barry White? Come on now! I don't even know who Barry White is. <laughs> oh gee! Come on, enlighten me. Yeah, you're too you're too young for that, I guess. I guess. You know who Barry White is? I have no idea who Barry White the, is. He's like oh, a famous R&B singer. Then you'd recognize his songs. Yeah, you know? man. 
It's like stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, he just is always singing love songs, and so I usually try to listen to praise and worship music. <laughs> oh, come there on. you go. That's right. That's right. Oh, Not Johnny Jesus and I. Juke is We're alive in touch and well. with our culture. That's we are. No, Thank you, you guys Dave. are misunderstanding me now. You just you're misunderstanding. How me. can we? How can we minister effectively to the culture if we don't understand it? Rhythm and blues. Just enjoy your Chris Tomlin. Yeah, Orange City is a rhythm and blues town. Just enjoy Johnny. your as the deer. <laughs> <laughs> we we won't even get into the cultural aspects because that's actually you perfect. Think, closest you have Jeff to Barry is the you know that song about God giving us a you know giving God a sloppy wet kiss. There you, you go. know that some some of them out there will know what song I'm referring to, and that's the Jeff, closest. You look to like Barry. you don't know that song either. That's disgusting, and I'm oh, offended. Oh no. I'm offended. You, next thing we know, we'll be drinking wine or something Just like that. Just be offended. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of misunderstanding, yeah, there you that's go. the topic yeah. of this episode is the misunderstood pastor. I met with a person in my office for well over an hour. We had this yeah. long conversation. Two ministry workers. Um, I was one of them, right? <laughs> we talked. I, I can't even get into the details of it, but but afterwards, I think it was I don't know the next day or even that night, I got I got this long, long email from this person. How really? offended they were by me! How they were so shocked that I was saying these certain things, and and I was reading it. And I'm thinking. This is this the same person that I met with today? Yeah, yeah. And and this has only happened. I mean, this is an extreme case. And this has only happened in to this extreme one time. And this was within the past year and a half. And I didn't even. My first thought was, I never want to talk to this person again because yeah, I, I have. I don't trust that anything I say to them is going to get through with any amount of accuracy. So. Yeah. I think that's just a testament to how difficult sometimes communication can be. But when you're talking about the kinds of things that pastors communicate, uh, the level that pastors communicate on, sometimes in high-stress situation, sometimes in a counseling session where you've got two people that, that hate each other's guts for whatever reason, yes. <laughs> you know, sometimes in front of a couple hundred people or, or even 50 people that have 50 different vantage points into what you're saying, uh, yeah. Dave, I think we can get misunderstood quite often, and maybe maybe we should get should we get used to it? Well, I think we should get used to it, but I think we want to learn how to uh, you know rise above it, and how to learn perhaps how to minimize those times when we are misunderstood, because it's it it really feels bad, you know, especially when we said something we intended it for good, and then you you leave that meeting and you know the person was hurt or you know whatever, and, and we've all had those times where we ended up scratching our heads and just saying, I don't understand how I could have been more clear, and yet obviously right. I, I wasn't as clear as I thought I was. Well, Dave, you I mean know. you you deal with a lot of pastors who. Are struggling through a lot of situations. I mean, why do you think people? Why do you think we as pastors are misunderstood? Why? Why does this happen so much to us? I always start by looking at myself, you know, and and why do I? Why am I so often, you know, misunderstood? Or when I'm misunderstood, you know, why is that? But it, this also is is a subject that I do explore with pastors, and so you know, we'll we'll begin to talk about, you know, why do you think? you were uh you were misunderstood you know where where did things break down let's let's relive the whole thing and see if we can identify this you know i i think one reason 
why we pastors are misunderstood is because we just haven't taken the time to think through what we're about to say. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, we just, we don't prepare going into that meeting, that counseling appointment, that uh, board meeting or whatever, and we just start talking. And so we could, we could get into trouble. We're not really communicating as clearly as we, as we think we are. But I think it goes back to, you know, to take time to, to kind of think through what you're, you know, about uh, to say. Proverbs warned us, you know, in I think it's uh, Proverbs 29, that, you know, the man who speaks too quickly has less hope than a fool. And hmm. so, you know, a lot of times we're just being foolish because we're not thinking things through. Well, we don't have time. I mean, we're in a hurry. We're trying to, you know, keep things we're moving busy along. People. That's yeah. right. Church, church time moves in dog years. You know, what should take a month takes seven <laughs> months, and what should take a year takes seven years. So we don't have time to be articulating and uh, elocuting exactly. all these things to people. But, you know, the truth is, uh, once our words are out there, it's hard to take them back. You know, somebody compared them to trying to put toothpaste back in a tube. You can't do it. And so I, I think it's helpful if we think things through before we talk. That's probably one of the most common reasons why we get into trouble when it comes to uh, to misunderstanding. Maybe the, the second thing that comes to my mind is um, uh, really, it's not really so much our fault because people hear through their own particular filters yeah. and these filters can't distort yes. our original intent. That's something that I think every pastor realized early, early, early in their ministry. Or your people really? have lied to you. <laughs> about what they think you're saying because i've said things that i thought would be controversial and people just sit there and look at me like oh no big deal and i've realized it's because they're not hearing what i'm saying which usually is good because i you know if i push the envelope too far you know i'm gonna it's gonna fall into the fire but people will hear through their experience they will hear through their uh lens they'll hear through their you know whatever it is presuppositions And it, it can work for good sometimes where you think you've pushed the envelope and people have, you know, aren't coming to tar and feather you. But it can also work to the negative yeah. where you think you've said something relatively innocuous, but somebody has a chip on yeah. their shoulder for this issue and, and you're, you're going down. Well, you know, negative people, uh, they tend to interpret words negatively. Positive people tend to interpret words positively. You know, hurt people hear things differently than those who aren't hurt. And and that is one of the reasons why we can get into trouble with communication. And uh, it's one of those times where, it's, it, once again, it's, it's not really my fault. It's the bias or the lens or the filter through which uh, the person I'm trying to communicate with is interpreting things. And too, Dave, I think that as pastors, we have to, we have to make peace with being misunderstood. Because anybody hmm. that's going to communicate as much as we do... Uh, I mean, both on a on a personal level where people come to you with their problems or even just with a simple question, and you're going to speak with them for, say, five minutes on, a, on, some, on an issue that's important to them, and it might even be a sensitive issue, we're going to get yeah. misunderstood. That's, I think that's the nature of ministry, uh, is to be misunderstood. Yeah. So we just expect it. Uh, we, we do our best to try to prevent it. But especially these areas where, like you're saying, it's really not our fault. Um, if I don't want to be misunderstood right. by people, then I probably shouldn't say anything to anybody. So <laughs> that's not really the role of the pastor. 
Um, so, right. uh, you know, I think we have to well, and wasn't make it, peace I think with it that. Was, it was our last podcast when we were talking about signs of a small ego pastor, signs of a, of a, a humble pastor. I think you hit upon another one there, Jeff, and that is that if we're going to have a small ego, if we're going to walk in humility, we're going to accept the fact that we will be misunderstood. doesn't mean that we're not going to try to learn how to limit the amount of time times uh, we are misunderstood, but we don't get all mad at the person who has misunderstood us. We, we don't get all ego puffed up saying, I could not have communicated things any clearer, you know. We come into it humble, we find out that we've been misunderstood, and um, it, it, uh, it hurts a little bit, we, and we're humble, and so we wish that wasn't the case. We want to try and learn from it. But we, like you said, we, we accept that part of our job, because we talk so much and we're in a talking profession, that greatly um, increases the likelihood that we're going to be misunderstood. Yeah, the pastor that says, hey, I never want to be misunderstood, well, then leave ministry because you're, you're going to be. So, Dave, I think you had, did you have one or two more uh, reasons why misunderstanding occurs? Yeah, I've got a couple that we could, yeah, I've got a couple, you know. Uh, the other one is that I think, um, and this once again goes back to the idea of um, the people who are listening to us, but uh, sometimes we're misunderstood because words can have different meanings to different people. There's a little story in my first church plant. Boy, you know, everything was going pretty good, kind of slow growth and everything. But um, all of a sudden, this church down the road exploded. And overnight, we inherited about six families. They came into our church. It was one of those things where they came marching in, six families, all their kids. Uh, they, they told us the church had blown up. They, they were going to come to join our church. They're hard workers. They're tithers. We're in all this kind of stuff, you know. And because I was, you know, a relatively new church planter and considerably younger than I am today, it was like, oh, man, I'd hit the jackpot with these people. <laughs> what, I, yep. what I didn't know is they'd come from, well, back in those days, we called it the discipleship movement. I, some of our readers, uh, listeners might be too young to even know what that referred to, but it was a, a, a kind of a branch of Christianity where there was very, very heavy-handed pastoral authority. And so it was really, well, it wasn't even borderline abusive. It was abusive. This was the type of church that all these people had come from. And for them, the title pastor meant something entirely different than when I used it. And so I discovered that like when I was preaching or teaching and I would ever talk about that I was a pastor or the role of a pastor, that word meant something different to them. To them, it referred to, you know, someone that you needed to fear, someone that you needed to submit to with, with no questions asked. And I couldn't figure out why I was kind of getting this vibe off of them, why the communication was breaking down. It was because... I was using a word that they had a different definition for. And so this is one of the reasons we've got to be careful is that some people will use words and it means something different to them than what it means to us. I think that, you know, that's, you know, obviously a, a huge example, but even just within, I talk differently to high school students than I talk to children, than I talk to college students, than I talk to adults. I'm, I'm using okay. different language. I'm using different rhetorical styles and things like that. And I think... I think that if a older member of our church 
happened to come to the Thursday night service that we do for college students, they'd probably be shocked and scandalized. <laughs> uh, it's not yeah. as though I'm profane or something like that, but it's just a more loose environment. It's a more... Uh, yeah, a little profane. Come on now. It's just a little... It's a different <laughs> environment. And, and I think that know thy audience, you know, might be a good yeah. way to say this. You know, if you don't want to... To mitigate misunderstanding as much as possible. Yes. Know your audience. Know your people. And then even maybe you have 90 people who will hear you and, and you know, that you think you, you you know how they hear and this kind of thing, and then you got five people. Well, just have follow-up conversations with those five. You know what I mean? Do the extra work right. with those people to help uh, alleviate some of those misunderstandings before they even start. Yeah, yeah, really good. Here's the final thing on my mind as far as, you know, why we get into trouble with communication. And it's it's a little bit uh, related to what we just said, but it goes like this, that a lot of times we are unaware of, not the different meanings of word, but we're, we're unaware of uh, our facial expressions, our body language, our tone, uh, you know, in, in how we communicate to people, and it interferes with what it is we're trying to say to them. Once again, let me, let me give you an, an example. Um, I remember once watching a pastor speak, and um, although there was nothing particularly negative about this pastor's sermon, I was distracted because his expression communicated to me irritation. I mean, he looked irritated. And, you know, it's true. You know, some people, they just have a natural, I'm irritated look on their face. You know, they don't mm-hmm. mean to, but they, they do. Ellen, you know, Ellen's always, you know, uh, right about my, uh, my facial expressions. You know, she says, Dave, you know, she'll tell me, you know, you can really be a scowler. And, you know, my, my forehead can scrunch up like I'm trying to, you know, read the fine print on, on a medicine bottle without my glasses. And I have a tendency, even when I'm relaxed, to, to scowl. And I don't mean to. And I, I just think about, you know, there's, all, you know, all those pictures of me that are out there on the Internet, on Facebook, on my website, you know, when I'm sitting there smiling and everything. I don't really look like that. I, if you, if you, <laughs> You're the you scowler. Know, I, I, I'm a scowler and I'm, I'm unaware of it. But the, the point is that sometimes we're misinterpreted or we don't communicate because of body language, a vibe that we're giving off that we're unaware of, but it, it really interferes with what we're trying to say. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, Dave. It really does. And I, I'm going back to what you said earlier in my head as, as you're talking, you're reminding me of things. You said that we, we, don't, we don't spend enough time thinking about what we're going to say. Tonight, Johnny has a pretty important meeting, and okay. um, it's a meeting with uh, five other people. And okay. Yes, yes, Johnny, five other people. I'll tell you who the others are in just a moment. Oh, what, yeah, a, great. what yeah. a thrill yeah. that my meeting has been turned into five and, people. And so it's going to be important because uh, four of those people are, are all going to hear him from a different angle. It is important to think about, Johnny, how you communicate what you say and what kind of terms you use. And uh, we do, Dave, you were right, we do need to think about how are we going to communicate with people? The younger that we are, the less we think, the less important we think that is. But yeah. the older yeah. we get, the more important we know it is because we've banged our head into the brick wall too many times. So, I was planning on just yeah. slouching, not making any eye contact, speaking real low and monotone. <laughs> and off the cuff? 
uh, as off the cuff as I could possibly get. <laughs> and make sure you scowl. That'll help too. Yes. Yes, scowl. Scowl. The I scowler. can do that. I can do that. Isn't that a great word? Scowl. We don't use that word. Very it's evocative. Often. It really is. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Well, Dave, now, before, before we're done here, you, you have yeah. some ways to reduce misunderstanding. Yes? Yeah, it's, it, it helps a little. At best, all we could hope for is to limit misunderstanding. I don't know that any, any of us are going to get to the place where we will Eliminate. Uh, never be misunderstood again. So here's just a few things quick for our, our, our listeners. And it's kind of rehashing what we've said uh, number one, if you want to limit misunderstanding, uh, think before you talk. And maybe ask yourself questions like, you know, in what ways might what I'm about to say be misunderstood? Or ask yourself, are there any ways in which what I'm about to say could be made more clear? Think before you talk. The second thing, this really works better on one-on-one things, but when you're communicating to someone, it really is, is helpful to ask the person to repeat back to you what they heard you say. Yes. Say that again. Yeah. This is, well, it, it's kind of like an old, like, you know, communication skill thing where, you know, I'm, I'm sharing with you something and then when I'm done, I say, now tell me, what did you hear me say? Or what have we been talking about today? Sure. What do you think I'm trying to communicate to you? And then you listen to how they respond. Sometimes there and then you'll discover uh, ways that you've uh, miscommunicated. Does that make sense? Or that they've misheard. Yes, yes. Is there yes, any, of course. Can, can, you, can somebody miss her, mishear, or is it always our miscommunication? Oh, my. Yes. I think a lot of times it's a combination of that, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think we're responsible for somebody else's mishearing. That's probably true. Okay. Huh? Yeah. There's a sense, I think, where that's true. If, if yeah. they've misheard, it's because we've miscommunicated. We haven't said it well enough or enough times. Right. Sure. Well, and going back to that example from last month and what are some of the signs of a small ego pastor, I think maybe another sign of a small ego pastor would be that, you know, we, we take responsibility for miscommunicating rather than blame it on the other person for mishearing. Sure. Even, if, even if the problem was that they misheard, we say, you know what, I probably could have communicated that in a better way. Yeah. Here are the last two suggestions actually three, quickly, when you're communicating with someone, pay attention to any facial expressions or body language or tone that, that either is coming off of you or coming off of them that might sabotage things. Mm -hmm. um, do I have a pleasant look on my face or am I scowling? A am I, a, is there a tone to my voice that seems aggressive or intimidating? You know, pastors, especially male pastors, they can be very intimidating, and they're not even aware that they're being that way. And then the final two suggestions. First of all, we have to remember that the more wordy we are, the greater chance there is that we will miscommunicate. The less wordy we are, the more succinct we are. This goes back to thinking and planning before you talk. The, the fewer words we use, the less opportunity we have to be misunderstood. And now I suppose one could be too brief and leave things out and be misunderstood. But we're talking about pastors here. We've never been known for being too brief. <laughs> yeah. so, so we just need to know that um, the, the more I talk, the greater chances there are for being misunderstood. And then here's the final thing on this subject. 
we must not forget to ask the Father to help us become a better communicator. And it's just part of what comes into our prayer times as, we're, as we, we want to be better leaders. We pray, Father, help me to be a good communicator, not just from the pulpit, not just when I'm leading a meeting, but when I'm one-on-one with someone. I don't want to be misunderstood, Father. Make me a better communicator that, um, uh, so that miscommunication is more the exception than the rule to my life. I think that's a type of prayer that the Father likes to hear. And I think it's the type of prayer that the Father honors and will answer if we'll ask him. And Dave, when you say Father, I also think about the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit in us can help us to communicate. Mm, very good. Can maybe regulate our facial expressions a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. But one thing you said earlier I just want to go back to quickly, and that is that male pastors can sometimes be more intimidating uh, I don't know about that, Dave. I'm I'm pretty really? intimidated by female pastors myself. <laughs> you know, and they start telling you something, you know, all of a sudden they their face morphs into your mother, right? And, yeah. and oh, you're like, wow. oh, see, I got mommy issues, Johnny. Apparently. <laughs> but uh, no, well, it can't go the other way, though, it, also, that some people, they have daddy issues. Yes, like me. And they example. remember daddy scolded them. <laughs> And so they hear daddy when they hear us. True. I prefer and then to learn from women. Everything's sabotaged. I prefer yeah, to learn from this women. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. Well, I just tr- I kind of wanted to uh give give some uh, You wanted to spread around the some, negative vibes. Even no, no, to give some even <laughs> balance here because That's because I, I I don't think of women pastors as the weaker ones who might not be, come across as intimidating. That feels like a negative, though. Um, I think they're just as strong as men. Yeah, absolutely, they are. Yes, I, you know, I'm just going to stop talking. But I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, one of the. I don't think I'll get in. I don't think I'll get in trouble saying what I'm about to say. Both of you right now are oh. thinking, "Uh oh." <laughs> yeah, you are. Well, that's you a great are. way to start. <laughs> yeah, if you have to say that, it's because you think I'm, okay, I'm going to get in trouble with this. No, I don't think so. I have not met uh, a weak female pastor. But I'm just going to give you my opinion here. I think women pastors are more sensitive hmm. than men pastors are. It's just agree. been my experience. I That's think they're more tuned thing. into you know, men could how they're making that. people feel. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I really I see that. That is not a weakness. It's a strength. Yeah. I, and I think there's a lot that we could learn from our, uh, our, our sisters who are in the ministry good point. of being just a little more sensitive you know, because I think it for for many of them it just comes a little more natural than it does to us. I could be wrong. Well, Jeff, Jeff just <laughs> displayed that uh, he doesn't have too much sensitivity. Talk about these women's faces morphing into his mouth. Stop it, Johnny! <laughs> just stop it. I try to be transparent. I try to be open with with you know our podcast family. We, what do I do? We I get, love all pastors. I get stomped down by you. We love all the pastors. <laughs> oh, my. What we have here is a failure to communicate. Please I can see keep listening. Yeah, this is a around. misunderstanding. That's what's happening. That's right. Right. A, I think it's a failure of character. we got to get off this podcast, Dave. Thank you so much for being with us. We hope this wasn't misunderstood. If it was, we apologize, and we will do our best to uh, be clearer next time. Dave, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Bye, guys. Thanks, Dave. So, Johnny, did, did you understand that, or was the whole podcast misunderstood I, by you? I definitely think I understood it. I understood it and, it, and you know what? We were just discussing before we even got started. This just happened. This literally just happened to me, where I had a conversation, and then a little ways down the road, the, the person I talked to said, I don't remember us ever talking about that. And it's not as though he doesn't remember us meeting with each other. He definitely does. 
He just does not remember that we talked specifically about things that I really felt we had talked specifically about. I think you're getting a jump on this, Johnny, because when I was 28 in ministry, I don't really remember there being such a problem with communication. The older I've gotten, it just seems like it's so hard to communicate accurately it, and to be understood. It really is. I think that I think that it's a matter of everybody hears through a certain filter. Everybody has kind of got their own ideas going into a conversation, and it's hard to communicate an idea through that filter perfectly. No matter what, some of your idea is going to get stuck in their filter, and it's not going to get to them the way that you wanted it to. And uh, it's just, it's hard. It really is. You know, I may be misunderstood right now, but this. This right here is for my friends, my pastor friends, Dave and Tim Mayo. So, uh, Dave and Tim, this is for you right here. Oh, yes. That Diet Coke. Ah, Dave and Tim will understand that. Nobody else will. And that's an illustration for a pastor being misunderstood by all of his podcast listeners. That, that's deeply confusing. Yeah. It is confusing. But now I have a Diet Coke on ice. That I'm going to enjoy. <laughs> All right. Dave Jacobs um, always got great information. Like Jeff said at the beginning, you, you too can get more Dave Jacobs in your life by going to smallchurchpastor.com. Smallchurchpastor.com. He's got resources. He's got a blog. He's got all sorts of information. He also has a book, Mile Wide Inch Deep. It's a phenomenal book. Uh, it's something that you should definitely buy, and you should definitely work through at a slow pace. It's a book for pondering. And so I would encourage you to pick up that book. I would also encourage you to go to uh, smallchurchpastor.com. And if you are at a place where you feel like you could use a spiritual chiropractor, if you're at a place where you feel like, man, your well is running a little bit dry for ministry right now, you, you're lacking some of the passion. If you're at a place where you just have a little bit of a little bit of friction with your board, and and maybe you wish somebody could come in and iron some of that stuff out, maybe just to just to help you deal with those difficult situations, Dave, Dave is the most affordable pastors coach I've ever met. Realistically, you can go online and you can find some flashy name pastor coach who's got ten thousand followers on Instagram, and you can pay him twelve grand to give you one personal phone call a month along with six other people who get to be so blessed to be in his cohort or you can really have oh, a friend Johnny you're harsh man you're brutal you can really have a friend named Dave Jacobs and and I mean that sincerely Dave will invest in your life he is a good guy I haven't been doing those coaching groups Johnny for two years now why do you keep constantly <laughs> ripping on me it wasn't 12000 it was 1200 I That's my fault. I apologize. My goodness. Anyways, everything I just said about Dave, check it out. Absolutely. It's, it, he cares about, he will care about you. Not just because you're paying him either, because he cares about the church, he cares about pastors, he will care about you, and I cannot suggest it strongly enough. Give him a call if you're in that type of situation. It will be beneficial to you. And next week on episode 123, we have again our friend from Down Under, John Finkeldy. That's next week on episode 123 of the 200 Churches Podcast. 
We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 Churches podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe at 200churches.com and receive the guy's free PDF download called Our 7 Favorite Ministry Resources. You can count on us to be back next Wednesday with another brand new shiny episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 Church.